Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. At the backfield, Aiden O'Connell, a pocket, throws open, caught, touchdown, Purdue! Here's the game for Iowa. On fourth and ten, they bring pressure into triple coverage, incomplete. No flags. Wow. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good whatever time of day it is that you are listening to this. This is the Behind the Rails podcast. We are back this week. I'm Travis Miller, your host from HammerandRails.com. And with me, as always, is former Purdue running back, Grey Cup MVP, Purdue's all-time touchdowns leader, Corey Sheets. How are you, Corey? I'm all right, Travis. How are you doing? I am good. We are back after a week off and took it easy. Rested up during the bye week, hit the cold tub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is good to be back, uh, having some Purdue football to talk about. And we will be talking about the number two ranked Iowa Hawkeyes this week. Um, <laughs> very, very daunting opponent to, for Purdue to face. The Boilers have to go to Iowa, but I am strangely more confident in this game than a lot of people. And uh, I, I've got my reasons why, which we'll go into, I'm sure. But kind of what is your first read on the Hawkeyes, Corey? Okay, yeah, you said a Hawkeyes. Uh, impressive on defense. They run the ball very well. The defense is off the field a lot, <laughs> very quickly. Their their defense is indeed the story right now. <laughs> they are impressive. Uh, they lead the conference, only giving up thirteen points a game. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they have the conference's. Uh, best passing defense or third best passing defense in terms of yards per game. But what makes it incredibly astounding, they have gotten 16 interceptions in six games. And that is absolutely absurd. You say Moss. That's funny. (laughs) Funny. His name is Moss, but Moss got four. (laughs) It's a few people. Everybody's, everybody's, everybody's eating. (laughs) I believe at least three of their interceptions have been returned for touchdowns as well. I know they had two against Indiana. I think they had one against Ohio or Iowa state. I'm not sure if they've had another one, but my goodness, man, that's, that's, that's not crazy. something you want to see. <laughs> that's crazy. And it's not like they're getting a ton of, yeah, they've, they've got a decent number of sacks. Looks like they've got 13 or 14 sacks on the season. But again, averaging out, that's only about two a game since they've already played six games. Man, 16 interceptions, 26 pass breakups. Oof. Two a game, and I'm sure all of those all of those interceptions aren't coverage interceptions. I'm sure some of them right. the defense is, is on their ass and you gotta get rid of it. So damn. <laughs> and, and much of it's been coming in the last couple of weeks because I believe they picked off Maryland six times, six or seven times. I think they got Penn State four times last week. So they've gotten at least 10 interceptions in the last two games alone. And see, it's a, it's, as a, when you see something like that as a quarterback, who, who's up this week? Plummer or O'Connor? 
<laughs> I have not heard anything about who is starting uh, oh, of Plummer or O'Connell. O'Connell did get the start last year against them, and had a, he had a pretty good game against them, to be quite honest. Ooh, that's it, but still, you're just looking at that, that's like, wow. That's what they're doing over there. <laughs> Let's see, O'Connell last season against uh, 31 of 50, 282 yards, three touchdowns. He got picked off twice, but Purdue's own defense got a couple of big, big fumbles that made the difference, and then he was able to lead him down, got the game-winning TD pass to Bell with 215 left. I mean, that that's another game where O'Connell came through right in the end, and that's that seems to be what he does, but you got to get there. you got to keep the game close to get there. You know what? Now that I'm really sitting here thinking about it and looking at these guys' stats, and if you click on to Purdue's defensive stats, mm-hmm. outside of the interceptions, which is ridiculous, the stats look about around us about the same. Yeah, and looking at the conference as a whole, um, Purdue actually has the best passing defense in the conference. Surprisingly. Um, like you said, not the same number of interceptions, but Purdue is only giving up 175 yards per game through the air and has only given up three passing touchdowns all season, which pretty good. So our defense might, it might, it might be a defensive battle. Who got the best defense? Messing around and, and shock everybody. I don't know. It's just and, quiet. <laughs> right. <laughs> And that is another reason that I am strangely confident in this game because the Iowa offense, not good. <laughs> I mean, it's Purdue is not doing great in its own right, but Iowa is struggling to pass the football. They are ninth in the league at 194 yards. They have an average 123 yards on the ground per game, which is 12th in the league, only ahead of Indiana and Purdue. But they their offense has really struggled. What has made up for it is the defense is either scoring itself or it's giving them a really short field to go. Iowa hasn't always hasn't been a known for a, be a passing school. They always had a good quarterback and a very running game. A receiver every mm-hmm. now and again, but so they're not having a great passing thing, uh, passing game. I'm not really too surprised at that. The run game though looks 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 decent, I would say. And you talk, you've also talked about hidden yards and everything. They have one of the best punting games in the, in the conference. Uh, they are able to flip the field pretty easily and get really good position. They're getting 46 yards a punt and that's that's real good and that that can make a huge difference especially when you're going against a Purdue offense that has struggled to finish drives and really needs to find a way to get 80 yards per drive as opposed to 60 right now they're saying they field goal kick is 100 percent from the field so that's good too <laughs> <laughs> And Purdue's, Purdue's not terrible. They're 9 of 10 on field goals. So, you know, they, they've been able to get it done, and Finneran's been solid when you get him close enough. But this is going to be a game where Purdue has got to not settle for field goals. They can't settle for field goals if they want to pull this upset. Oh, hell no. They, can't, they, they might be able to get one off, but they need touchdowns. And they got to score at least, at least 20, 
21 to 25, 25 points. It is entirely possible Purdue could hold them to 20 points. Uh, they had they beat Indiana 34 to 6, but again, they had two pick sixes in that game. So that's 14 of their 34 right there. Uh, they beat Iowa State 27-17, but uh, I believe they had a fumble six in that one. So the defense got them seven points there. Again, offense only scores 20 points. Their their other two games were very, very interesting. They kind of went through the motions against Kent State and beat them 30-7, to which, eh, okay, you beat a MAC team solidly. Uh, but the one that was real interesting to me was Colorado State. They struggled pretty mightily with Colorado State, and Colorado State is not good. Colorado State has a loss to an FBS team and a loss to Vanderbilt, who Vanderbilt's not good either. And they only beat Colorado State 24-14. So you never know. I mean, sometimes you play down on it. Maybe they might come in saying, hey, Purdue sucks. Let's play down to our opponent. that we come in here and surprise them and smack that ass. One of the things, another reason that I'm strangely confident about this one is Jeff Brown has kind of had their number since coming to Purdue. He's 3-1 and one against them. And last year's win ended up being a really, really good one because Iowa finished 6-2 and two when all was said and done. Purdue has played them close. They have had a receiver go off in all four games against them for something obscene like 150 yards and multiple touchdowns. It's It's been interesting because it's been some of Brahm's best coach games, to be honest, where he's kind of thrown the most caution to the wind. He's been able to be aggressive. And Kirk Ferentz is always a very, very, uh, very, very conservative coach. Uh, I mean, he was there when you were there. What was your experience going against his teams when you were playing? Um, it was always fun because in the back of my head, I always felt like I should have been at Iowa and actually tried to go to Iowa. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't like Purdue. Purdue's uh, philosophy, when I learned it, was uh, we're going to pass now, pass more, and we're going to pass until you get hot. We do that. We're gonna pass some more, something like that. Uh huh. <laughs> As a running back, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fact that I was red shirt, and I was like, I gotta get up out of here. But I ended up staying. So the rest is history. But going to Iowa, like they always had that damn pink locker room. <laughs> and and the fans were like right there like literally like i'm like we used to keep our well not me because i used to keep my helmet underneath the, the seats but people used to have their helmets on the back now i remember one dude put his helmet back there and the office was up and he went to go reach for his helmet it was in the damn stands wow this was like the fans that took his damn helmet <laughs> 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 How do you steal a helmet? That's it wow. Because it's because they're literally like right they're that close. Like you could literally like just they could step down onto the field without taking a step. That like it's not that far. Like I, I don't know if you ever been there, but I went. I went two years ago. Yeah, fans are super close, and 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 the separation bars like might be waist high. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it ain't too much separating you. So like <laughs> they can just step over it. They... <laughs> <laughs> They're not handicapped. But I, I went two years ago, the last time Purdue played out there, and it, it does feel like a very compact stadium, honestly. And I think they get like 70,000 or something in there. But it doesn't look like it. It doesn't have a huge footprint. The The concourse is kind of narrow and everything. I mean, it's a nice place to watch football, but I, I get what you're saying there. Back in the day, the Gladiators, they always in the, in the movies, they always go to that one random pit. That's what their, that's what their stadium looked like. That one random pit before they go to the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's interesting, and they're they're always a tough team to beat like, at home. Like I think there. I think Purdue's only won out there two or three times in the last however many years. So, I mean, it's a tough place to play. Hey, y'all! We got to take a break right now to pay for some stuff. So we will be right back after this ad. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, a partner of Believe Podcasts. Yes, that's right, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available during the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And feel free to go over there and take advantage of some of the great prop bets that they have right now as the baseball playoffs are about to go on. We got hockey starting up, college football's in full swing, and before long, yes, we'll have college basketball, the thing that everybody comes to hammerandrails.com for. So be sure to visit our sponsors at Bet Online. Okay. Uh, let's just looking at the Iowa offense here, kind of their overall stats that stand out they've got spencer petrus is their quarterback a guy made his first career start last year against purdue and he kind of i mean he wasn't awful but 265 yards no touchdowns no picks i mean he was just he was an average quarterback didn't help his team a lot but didn't hurt his team and this year he is got it 1,138 yards, huh? nine touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, he's doing a little bit better than I thought. But so yeah, 1,100 yards. <laughs> he has been sacked 14 times, though. So that's another area. Purdue's defensive line's got to cause some trouble, and they have to mix things up. They cannot afford to fall behind multiple scores here, and that's they got to get after him and cause some trouble. Yeah, because we've seen uh, as of late our offense is built for those comebacks <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think uh looks like tyler goodson's their leading rusher he had 16 carries 77 yards against purdue last year i do believe he had a pretty big fumble though at one point in the game yeah he lost a fumble so did the mckay sergeant and i think he's gone now but that ended up turning the game he leads him 518 yards five touchdowns their top receiver is tight end because Iowa's always got a great tight end. 
23 receptions, 271 for Sam Laporta, two touchdowns. That's going to be interesting because the tight ends are the ones that you get those big third and six catches that keep drives alive. Exactly. Say, take it from Tom Brady, keep you a good tight end, take it to the promised land. <laughs> well, that's something that'll help Purdue this week because Payne Durham is supposed to be back, and Durham has been, Durham was very, very good for Purdue the first couple of games. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that. Anybody else? Um, I believe uh, Corey Trice, top cornerback, is supposed to be back. Horvath, unfortunately, they think he's still going to be out because, and that's significant. He had 129 yards rushing against them last year, and that's you run for 100 yards on Iowa, you've done something, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you rush for 100 yards on anybody, pretty much. Yeah, it's sound easy to come by. One big run, then you got it, but. If you get that one big run, what you do after that one big run? Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you broke one off and then it locked you down. <laughs> and th- that's really what the difference was last year with Horvath is he didn't have like a 70-yard run and then barely get over 100 with 20 other carries. He was solid. He was averaging six yards a carry. He was moving the chains. He was making Purdue multidimensional. And that was a really, really big key to the offense in that game. And then there's that David Bell guy. I mean, I hear he's pretty good. <laughs> with, with the way the way their uh, their uh, secondary is set up, they definitely got him on their board. So we lock him down. They got nobody else. I know that's what they're saying. Well, here here's the thing you'll like about that. They've had him. He, they will definitely want to lock him down because they have failed to do so the last two seasons. Last year, season opener against him, he finished with 13 catches for 121 yards and three touchdowns, including the game winner. Two years ago, Purdue lost 26-20 in Iowa City. However, Bell, 13 catches, 197 yards and a touchdown. So this is somebody who has made it work against them. <laughs> Light their ass up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not the only one that's done it. I know um, when Purdue beat him in 2018, it was Terry Wright. I think he had six catches for like 150 some odd yards and three touchdowns. And then 2017, Anthony Mahungu, I believe he had like seven catches for 120 and two second half touchdowns. So... Purdue has a history of a receiver having a big day against them, and that's been the key to beating them uh, the three times that Brahm has beaten them. Well, you told me I should take the parlay on Purdue this week, right? <laughs> well, I think Purdue's like a 12-point underdog right now, and I don't know. It's it's tempting, I will say that. Uh, Purdue's obviously going to have to play well. They are going to have to finish some drives, but – I don't think the offense can be stuck in neutral for this long. Now, yeah, you've got that number two next to their name, but a lot of people are like, okay, is Iowa really the number two team in the country? I mean, they've got it. They've earned it. They've won all their games. But I don't know. It's it, it's really, really, really interesting to see because it's. I think I just think Purdue is a better matchup against Iowa than a lot of other teams, honestly. This, this is one of those trap games for Iowa because, like you just said, everybody's questioning, are they the number two team in the league? 
then basically in order for them to prove that they got to go out and blow out Purdue. This is not this can't be close. The game got to be over in the second, the end of the second quarter. <laughs> so, now, how how much of a factor do you think it is with Purdue having the week off to prepare to work on things versus Iowa? They just had a top five game at home, uh, night game, huge atmosphere, massive win for them in their program, but not an easy one. I mean, they had to work hard last week. So how is that any kind of advantage for Purdue coming in? Only if they're a little beat up and banged up, which you can hope. So, but if not, they're in midseason form. So that's a well-oiled machine rolling. With us coming off the bye, we needed it. We needed to get a little bit more healthier. Plus, I think it gave us, gave our coaches some time to come up with a, with a better scheme because the first it ain't working. Was, yeah, it ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice about it, but <laughs> the first few games it wasn't. It was a little shaky. I no. think the last week, well, not the, the week before, they found something, but the game was just too out of hand before before they can catch back up. Right and. You got it. I just I don't think that you can keep Purdue's offense in check like this for for forever. Now, yeah, the offensive line. I'm not expecting them to be an unstoppable force in just two weeks off. But we're better than this. We've got to be better than this. We're we have an offensive minded coach, and an offensive minded coach shouldn't be scoring 13 points a game. Yeah, that's that, that's that's not something you want to put on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to leave with that. That's not a conversation starter. <laughs> it's like I I don't care. We I love that the defense is fixed. The defense is playing well enough to win games. But Jeff Brom, you're getting money to score points, and you ain't scoring points right now. They <laughs> say so who who calls the plays? Like does the OC or does he? Uh, that's actually a bit of a point of contention because his brother's the OC. And, <laughs> and, well, here, here, here's the interesting thing with that. Um, a lot of times it is Brom that, Jeff Brom that has the final say. However, last year in the Iowa game, Jeff wasn't there. He had COVID. So Brian, his brother, coached the game. And his brother called one hell of a game and really kind of was the difference maker in that one. He mixed it up well. He had him off balance. He got the running game going with Horvath. And, I mean, a lot of fans are like, okay, you know, how, how about you just let Brian call the plays? Let let the OC call the plays and you just – you do you right now, all right? So what you're telling me is uh, Coach Brian has been the one that's been calling these plays for a few games. Yeah, I think I think he's trying to do a little bit too much, and he needs to he needs to delegate a little bit. But I'm I'm not a football coach, so <laughs> I mean, I always wondered that as a player, just who gets the final say on plays? Because I remember sometimes in co- like in college, I'll be those few times I'll be on the sideline and it'd be a random play, and Coach Tiller would lean over and be like, "Run, yada yada yada." And then they'll go, they'll call it, but throughout the game, he'll just be sitting there eating ice chips. Until he he just randomly wanted to just, hey, run the ball or run it to the left or he'll say whatever he'll say. But he never really called the plays like that. (laughs) 
and, and see, I can see benefits of both is, you know, you kind of want that, you don't want the head coach to be totally detached, but being the, uh, all right, I'm the CEO. I trust my guys to do what they need to do. And the offensive coordinator to call a good game and everything else. You don't want to, you don't want a head coach doing too much. You want to kind of ha- have him observing and be like, Oh, Hey, I'm seeing this. Why don't we concentrate on this right now? So it's, it's a different style. It depends on who you are personnel-wise, who you got around you, what players you got to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So I guess we'll start to wrap things up here. What do you see your biggest keys for Saturday? What do What is like the biggest thing you, that Purdue needs to do in order to pull this as an upset? Offensive line needs to have a stud game. King Duru needs to get out of his shell and uh, use it as his uh, coming out game. He's been uh, quiet, and with Horvath being out, this is a perfect time for him to lay, lay claim to this spot before Horvath comes back. I don't know who's still going to be a starting quarterback, but uh, either one, they need to have a great game. Right, and don't turn the ball over. <laughs> I wouldn't even say don't turn the ball over because – it should, the way this defense flies around is bound to happen. But step into the, the spot and command the, the, the position. Make make it uh, definitive. This is my team. This is my spot. I think that's really what's missing. That's why the offense doesn't have a real identity because you don't know who's going to be leading the <laughs> leading the, the team this week or the next, or even this half to the next half. So. And like like you said, if you keep going back and forth on quarterbacks, that, that locker room is going to fracture and you're going to have people taking sides. Right. Guys, some guys that play better with Kano, he gets me the ball. Like, why the hell he not play? Guys mm-hmm. who play better with Plummer, he gets me the ball. You know, the same thing. So, wide <laughs> <laughs> receivers are going to be looking at each other like, shit, I like him. I don't see no problem with him. The coaches be thinking. <laughs> Then you go at him one sitting in the back like, what are they talking about? They <laughs> say <laughs> things like that happen. It may not be cause no no strife in the locker room, but those conversations definitely go on. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe it, man. I believe it. So, I think for me, I want to see Purdue just play loose. I, I want to. I want to get back to the swashbuckling Jeff Brom. Let's. Mix it up. Let's try and uh, do some weird things. Be be just, you know, take some risks, man. Everybody expects you to lose this game. Go out gun blazing. You know, Iowa's not going to do that. They're going to be run, run, pass. They're going to be stayed. They're going to punt if it's fourth and two at the Purdue 38. I want I just, what do you got to lose, man? Just go out guns blazing. Open things up. If you, if you got the back of the playbook and want to run a play there, go for it. I mean, shit, we still, we still this is what, the third game in the Big Ten? Yeah. Know, this re, reworking of the uh, <laughs> conferences and messed me up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Third game of nine. They, they could mess around and uh, do something. They go ahead and pull up, set. Give out yeah. the first loss. Yeah. You got to get, I think, I think they've got a real good shot of beating Northwestern and Indiana at the end of the year, but you still need one more before those two games to get to a bowl game. Why not this week? I mean, nobody's expecting you to win anyway. Go out and shock them. What do you got to lose? Nothing. 
I'm, expect, <laughs> I'm expecting them to win, damn it. <laughs> All right. I like hearing that, Corey. So what's, what's your final score prediction for Saturday if you think we're going to win? Mm, 24-21. All right. That's last year's game was 24-20. So very close to last season. And I think it's going to take, I think it's going to take a similar type of effort to win that one. So to win it like that. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how this one turns out. I, I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people expect. Let's hope so. Hopefully you go. All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. As always, we do thank you for listening. We'll get back to our usual two shows per week next week with our Iowa recap being recorded Monday night, come out on Tuesday, and then we'll be back into the regular schedule. So for Corey, for myself, I'm Travis Miller of HammerandRails.com, and thank you for listening to the Behind the Rails podcast and Boiler Up. BTFU, my guys and gals. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Please visit our sponsor, Bet Online, for the best in college sports odds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.